There's a lot of pretty girls on Broadway right now And if I leave now I'd only make it halfway downtown we are back with another episode of Toad's Tunes. Welcome to the podcast, folks. Today we're sitting down with Rotundo, formerly half of the duo known as After Midtown. We had some fun talking about the, the naming process of your project. It'll make sense when you listen to it. Warp Tour bands, writing, the whole process, getting back out on the road, and knowing when the right time to get back on the road is. Had some fun with some stories with Jelly Roll, Michael Ray, Dylan Snyder, and our boy Drew. But you know what? Enough's enough. Let's get to know Rotundo. Welcome to another episode of Toad's Tunes. Do you just call yourself Rotundo or is it Michael Rotundo? What do you what do you want to be known as in this in this project? Just Rotundo. Rotundo. I have this big dumb Italian name, Michael Rotundo, and that just does not sound like a country singer. And neither does Rotundo. No. But we're rolling with it. Like I can't be one of those guys that like changes his name. I'm know? gonna I'm gonna have some fun with you. Uh, um, my buddy Jay wrote me Tuesday or Wednesday and said that his wife's mom is part of this group. And I ended up working out a deal. If they ever had an outing, they'd come to Stoney's. We'll hook him up. And he's yeah. like, dude, half my staff wants to come see Rotundo. Well, he's a GC. So I said, you know, it's not. The, like the Mexican Rotundo, because there is a uh, a Mexican artist named. Oh, great! Here we go. Yeah, and so I was like, he was like, no, no, it's him, it's him. So I sent a picture. He went to the office the next day, sent me a text back, and he goes, yeah, that's not him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I, I know my crowd. I had no idea there was a Mexican artist named Rotundo. Yeah. God, see, I'm already running into branding issues. You are. <laughs> We're gonna have to redo this, man. Yeah. What I love it. I just need to be like Jason Smith or something. <laughs> dude. Like, well, it's, is that country? Dude, who knows? Like nothing's. I just need one of those easy names. Sam Hunt, right? Like that's that's it. Yeah, John Party. John Party. Yeah, dude. Talk. Your last name's Party in country music. Like, well no. done, bud. Well yeah, done. yeah. You're not an alcoholic. And he does, in <laughs> fact, party. Yeah. He's been here twice. Yeah, mm-hmm. we do know that. So you 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 had some fun today coming back. You're back in Vegas. Your second time here. Last time you were here, you were with a band, a duo called After Midtime. Now you're back as the Mexican artist Rotunda. Yeah. <laughs> but you walked the back wall and you said that you were taking pictures of some of your buddies. Yeah. I'll tell you the reason why that came to fruition. My thought process behind it was just what happened with you. But it's more the first time you come here. It's the idea to come here, look on the wall. Everybody gets nervous, I guess, when they get to Stoney's their first time because we've we've built kind of a legacy here, which is rad. But that should make you feel comfortable. Right? Oh yeah, dude, feel like feel like you're part of the family, you know? Yeah, and you guys are on the wall, and we'll have a new one up there tonight, just as the Mexican artist, formerly known as <laughs> yeah. Rotunda. Ra. That's what it is. Maybe it's R R R. Oh what my you god, doing. I cannot wait to watch people try to like spell it and pronounce it. It's gonna be a blast. But honestly, I'm a strong believer in if the music's just really good, nobody cares. Right. Like Lewis Capaldi, like you know, like um, I mean, there's a bunch more I can think of, but you know, I just think, it, like Bailey Zimmerman, not an inherently country name. No, nope. you know what I mean. So it's Bailey, like, come on. Yeah, so it's like, I don't know. I just feel like if the music is good and and people like what you're doing, they'll they'll find you. You know. Yeah, I think you go back to that to that plain name, Nathaniel Smith, shortened it to Nate Smith. I yeah. mean, that's like, like the perfect thing in the world, right? I know I could never get that lucky, bro. I wish no. I, I wish I could. Michael's not bad. No, nah, but see, there's already. I wish I could be just Michael. You know, like literally just Michael. But Mike Stud changed his name to Mike. Right. 
And now it's, I just don't want to feel like I'm ripping them off, you know? Yeah, so. that'd be kind of, unless you just did it like MIC. Yeah, no. Nah. No, you, that, don't, you don't spit like that? Well, that looks like a marketing nightmare. Like, right. just having your name as Mike, like, just looking up Mike on the internet sounds miserable. Like, I think you should be, like, TBD or TBA, that sort of thing. That should be a fucking band name right I'm there. down, dude. I'll just be TBD. Yeah. I'll just be one of those dudes that, like, is a solo artist. Thursday Live, TBD. <laughs> yeah. <dude>. Wait, what? <laughs> like, my dude, John Vesley, uh, he is Secondhand Serenade. Yep, like I know he is. Yeah. It's just him, but he has a band name, right. Secondhand Serenade. But before that, he had a band, right? Probably. He did. I mean, I think back, what was his single? Uh, fall for you. Yeah. So back then he had a band because he was touring and shit like that. Yeah. Right? No. No. He's always had a band, but I'm just saying like. But that's just it was always himself. just him, right? You know, like they were always the band was always just like hired guns. Yeah. You know, like it wasn't like, um, um, uh, you know, like a Panic at the Disco or like um, uh, System of a Down, sure. where like each band has e- each member has like equal input. Sure. You they know? used. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, they yeah. Get, I love Burt McCracken, dude. He can't sing for shit, but he's maybe awesome not. Live. But I just love those songs. So bro. they they used to come through here and play the Warp Tura all the time. They yeah. used and um, I just mes- recently met one of their guitar players uh, when they did the um, when we were young f- festival. Yeah, yeah, a bunch yeah. of shit went down, and uh, one of the nights they didn't do a show, so I reached out to him like, "Bro, you need a place to play." Like it's like if we didn't play last night, absolutely we would do. It. We were going to do a pop up here. Oh, that. Can you sick. imagine the used on that stage? Oh no, that'd be sick, dude. Because I still feel like they move like a couple thousand tickets yeah, everywhere they absolutely. go. Absolutely. Bert's the man. I mean, that whole band. I had a friend, Pete, that was a drummer in a band called One More Weekend way back in the day. And he picked up from the used because his drummer, I don't remember the drummer's name from the used, but um, he would he would puke before his show. What? So Pete started doing that. So it was just like his thing? It was just, I don't, maybe it was nerves. I don't know. So you think about uh, the Dave Matthews band, mm-hmm. the fiddle player. I don't know what his name is. He wears his glasses because he still has stage fright, and that's his safety thing. It's like uh, the inv- the invisible glasses from uh, yes, Big Daddy. Big Daddy, exactly, <laughs> exactly. I mean, that, if that's your thing, I, I mean, I guess at some point you would get over that, but maybe not. Maybe that anxiety is real. Dude, I remember I got like the first time I ever played in front of a big crowd, I got really, really nervous, right? And it took like a few songs to like shake that off. But after that, I've never really gotten nervous. I right. think the only times that I ever get nervous is like. When I know that, like, we're not prepared or like something like that, you know what I mean? Right. But other than that, like, it's, I don't know, it's never really got to me. Maybe because I'm super social, I don't know. I haven't had a script when I go on stage and announce a band in 20 years. Yeah, I never really had one back then. I would kind of like through my head think about what I was doing, and then I learned this. I used to four wall the House of Blues here. You ever been to the one here? The House no. of Blues. So the stage is probably five feet off the ground. It's like if you're standing there. The um, your it's it's probably about I don't know six and a half feet seven feet because like when you stand it you have to look up at it, but I would get to the end of the stage and I put my feet hang them over the edge and that's what I would focus on never not anyone in the crowd that would be my focus I'd also drink vodka then but um, that helps (laughs) I would drive down there and I would get the bigger Gatorades. I don't know if they're leaders or whatever they were. I would drink half of it. I'd get there, fill the rest with vodka, and then we'd <laughs> sit in the back and play football or whatever before the show after each band had their sound check. And um, then I would get up there with a nice little little bit of a buzz, and that's how I would do it. Just a little something take the edge off. Yeah, just a little something. It was before the marijuana and all that kind of stuff came around. Somebody's got to do it. It might as well be you. It was me. <laughs> so, dude, let's talk. Last time you were here after Midtown. Now mm-hmm. you're out on your own. I don't know how far you want to dive into that, but... You're a songwriter. Yeah. You love writing? Love writing. Like, I feel like 
no matter what happens in, in your career as an artist, like whether you are the biggest thing in the world or the smallest thing in the world or you're playing stadiums or, or interviews, music videos, like I feel like it all starts with good songs and good Absolutely. songwriting, you know? And don't get me wrong, there's some artists that, you know, aren't big writers, but, you know, just know their lane and cut great songs. You sure, know? absolutely. But I feel, yeah, dude, I've definitely, I've definitely fallen even more in love with songwriting over the last six months because being in a duo previously, you know, it was me and Adam's, like, equal input, you know, for the most part, which was freaking great. Like, he's a great musician and writer and all that. But the past, like, six months or so, you know, I've had to, like, take time and figure out what my own artistry is. Yeah. You know, because there's a difference between what I was in that duo versus what I am now. Still the same person, but less um, less outside input. You know right. what I mean? And so, you know, I started writing and writing and writing and writing. And then finally, like, started to realize that I was, like, you know, having a small batch of songs that I really loved and, like, really felt authentic to me, you know, and... They kind of co they kind of sound cohesive, you know. So it's like I think I'm finding my lane and all those things, and I'm I'm pumped to to release music here this summer. Amen. But yeah, amen. <laughs> because I mean that's the game right now too, man. You got to drop, 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 drop like crazy. And so you know, just keeping my ear to the ground on that, like understand what's going on and like what's working in music, but also like never skimping out on the songwriting of it. I suck at writing if there's like not a good hook or something. I have to there has to be like an idea for the song, you right. know. But there's beauty and simplicity too. But let's let's talk about you you came from a duo. Mm -hmm. Have you been out on the road yet as a solo artist? Yeah, I have I, I've played a few shows. It, like I, I haven't been like trying to play shows, you know. I think just bigger picture, I think I would just like to build the demand first you know like something that i learned with after midtown which we had awesome shows and did so much cool stuff but at the same time there was sometimes where we played like a lot of pointless shows you right. know what i mean just for the sake of being out there because we always thought that we would break on touring and this was kind of like before tiktok like took the hold that it has now like it was kind of still murky waters so we all we we're like hell yeah we have a great live show we're gonna break on touring so we would kind of go play pointless shows every now and again and it just felt unproductive, and now I kind of take the mindset of I want to play shows because that's the reward reward of it all to me is playing shows, but I want to do it when I'm ready and it makes sense. Sure. Like, I want to go and build the demand. You know, sure, I can go, you know, play all these shows with, you know, who knows, Tenpenny or whatever and reach two, three, four thousand people every night, which is great, or I can make a TikTok and reach 100,000 in 10 minutes. Right. So it's like it's a give and a take there, but... Yeah, I think it, it's less stress on you as an artist not not playing pointless shows, and it's also, like, less stress on your band and team because people don't realize, like, dude, when you're trying, when you're just grinding and, and like, going and playing a bunch of shows, you're not making, like, a whole lot of money. No. You know, you're, like, kind of breaking even, so, well, you know, that's, just... That's part of it, though, is, I mean, it's the grind of getting out there. Now there is there is that simplicity of just putting up a video from your yeah. home. Yeah, and it's it's something that, like, I really had to, I guess come to terms with because i love playing live like that is my thing like i was i never dreamt of like i was never a kid that dreamt of like having a bunch of money and blah 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 like i wanted to tour and like live in a bus and play shows to people that freaking love you every day so to put shows on the back burner for the next several months for me is like a tough decision to make right but i know i feel like it's it's the right decision you know 
because I mean, dude, you just look at what's going on right now in the in the climate of country music, really any music, like dude, you need to be grinding online and you have to. It be. sounds silly, but it's just the reality of it right well, now. I just think it's part of it all. I mean, a lot of the artists that come through here, I'll just pull Lily Rose out for mm-hmm. that. I mean, here she was, she was working at a country club. Yeah. Villain goes viral. Next week, she's in eating lunch with the people that she was helping out at the country club. Exactly. Like those are the people that are co- courting her because, and I think sometimes that's just the break. I don't think that's the end-all, be-all by no means. I mean, you still got to get out there and get in front right. of people, I think. Because not everyone has the same talent as everyone else has on TikTok. And, yeah. You know. Well, and it's interesting. It's an art. It is an art. And it's it's interesting, though, because it's like, you know, as... I mean, you know, you could sit here and talk for forever about this, um, but it's interesting because as an artist, like, you want to be an artist. As a musical musical artist, you want to be a musical artist, not necessarily a content creator. Like, I like doing some content. Like, music videos can be fun, and, like, day in the life shit is fun, and blah, blah, blah. But, dude, like, every day at the same time, like, I go out in my backyard and I make a TikTok, and it's ex- it's it sounds ridiculous, but it's, like, it's exhausting, you know, and it can feel like unauthentic at times because it's a chore yeah it's a chore and like you don't it, it's hard to like mix your personality in with like a viral a, a video you'd like to go viral with like your music you know yeah and i think that there's a beautiful balance between the two and i think you have to figure out what what you can do content wise that is still authentic to you i believe that you have to show someone that you're still human yeah that you're a regular person but you're also an artist uh, I like to say that a, 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 an artist is no different than anybody else. They just they just have a different career. That's it. Yeah, I, mean, I totally agree. Yeah, I mean, there's still you still have to show. I think that's the neat part about Stonies. I take an artist like Russell Dickerson, who played yeah. here seven times. Seven. Yeah, that's a lot. Um, this town realized who he was from here because every time he got off stage, he would go hang out with Stonies people. Yeah, from 250 people his first time to 13, 1400. Capacity is 1167. So we'll say 1167 people are in here. Mm-hmm. But that's kind of like the growth of all of that. And that yeah. was the point of it all is just kind of like to show people that you're human. I tell people that all the time. If you're done with your show and you don't go out and talk to the people here in Vegas, yeah. because it's Las Vegas, they can go do anything they want to do. Mm-hmm. Anything. Because you think anything you want to do, uh, it's here. Not any other town is too much like that. Yeah. So for them to come out, I've said that to a couple artists lately, and uh, like Michael Ray was just here not too long ago, and he actually got on stage right after I said it to him and said, you know, y'all had a choice to be anywhere tonight, and you picked here. And I just like looked, and I was like, well, you stole that from me. But it's the truth. Yeah, it is the truth. It is the truth. I mean, this town is literally that. <laughs> there's, from sporting events, music, any artist you want to see, gambling, there's shows, the food, like everything. I think. I think it's really like what you're saying is is really important, and we've we've always said it. Like, you know, I've always said that no matter how big or small I am, I, like I will always love mingling with people because I don't really come from shit. You know what I mean? Like, sure. I just grew up on my grandparents' farm, and my mom was a nurse and worked, you know, the twelve hour shifts. So my grandparents were free babysitters, you right. know. And so it's like, I and, and before I played, I was just a fan. You know yeah. what I mean? And I still am a fan. I just happen to play. And I, I mean, what you're talking about, I think Post Malone basically made a career of. Like, there were so many people that you may have never even heard a Post Malone song. They were like, I love that guy. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like, you kind of got to be, you got to be that dude and have good music. The skinny jelly and, roll. Yeah, dude, 100%. <laughs> like, yeah, and, he, and he's the best dude. Like, I, I was just looking, uh, like, through some. TikTok comments and shit the other day um, about Jelly Roll, right? Like somebody, 
it was like a potential collab between Cody Johnson. I saw and, that. Too, yeah, you know yeah. what I'm talking about. Yeah, and you know, there's all those. Real is I, real. Yeah, yeah, a hundred percent, which I totally agree with. But there were all those people. I don't even know what to call them, but you'll know who I'm talking about. It's just like those people that are like, "Oh yeah, if Jelly Rolls country, then I'll kiss your ass." You know what I mean? Yeah. Like those people, and it's just like, dude, you have to understand. Like, I know that you guys make up the ma- the vast majority as fans, but at the same time, like, dude, you have no idea how long Jelly Roll has spent like earning the respect of people in town, right? Like, long, long, long time. A hundred percent, and like, and I have a, I have a you know a great relationship with him and you know he's busy as hell and the other day me and alan my tour manager we were at uh losers just eating lunch and you know jelly rolls there so we we're like oh it's dope you know we'll go say hi we were the only people there always welcomes us like he's known us his entire life and like just sits down and eats with us and he's like i ain't gonna lie to you boys he's like i'm being dead honest when i say this he's like sitting here eating lunch with you i'm probably 40 minutes late somewhere he's like but fuck it i love you guys and i miss y'all you know like he's just that dude but he's He's like that with anybody off the right. street, you know? It, like, he is somebody that recognizes that, like, dude, you might be having the worst day of your life, but if a fan or a friend or somebody walks up and wants to say hi, take a photo, whatever it is, you got to do it because at the end of the day, those are the people buying the records and those are the people Paying streaming your music. And because I've seen some shit living in Nashville where, like, you know, a tourist will walk up off the street and see a famous artist in a bar and be like, can I get a picture? And that artist will be an asshole to him. It's like, dude, you realize they are the only reason you're here. Like at some point in your life, you were going to bed dreaming about someone stopping you and asking you for a photo. So, you know, I, I think mingling with the fans and stuff is, is so freaking important. And not even just as a, don't treat them like a fan, treat them like a friend, you know, because at the end of the day, the only difference between me and you is I just happen to sing. That's it. Like, it, it's not even an important career. Like, you could technically live without music. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, uh, I don't, I don't know. You see what the bottom of this shirt is? Yeah. The bottom? You see what it says? Without music, life would be a mistake. I completely agree with you. I'm just saying, if you were cast away in a Tom Hanks on an island, right? Oh, you could. I don't. You'd still humming. I guarantee. <laughs> I don't remember that movie, but I'm sure he sang. So the I'm I'm not going to agree with you there. I sat with an artist in here, happened to be a female artist, and I asked her something about like where one of her favorite places was to go in Nashville and eat. Yeah. And her response pretty much came out to well, don't really like to go out because you know people just come up and talk to us all the time. And I just went, you, you signed up for it, though. Yeah, this is what you wanted, bro. Yeah, you like, asked for all of that. Yeah, it's just, I think stuff like that um, bothers me in that sense because it legitimately is that. So uh, my Famous Enough stuff came from these podcasts. Mm-hmm. That's where my clothing line came from. I don't know if you remember the story. Oh, yeah, I remember the story. Somebody wanted to pick it up. and But that's the end of it all. I don't want to be famous. I just want people to understand who you guys are, where you come from, Mm -hmm. that you're human, that you put your pants on like everybody else does, that sort of thing. So Well, and it it shows, though, that that you care about that stuff because, like, every time that I post that I'm playing here or something, I have, like, ten of my artist friends like, dude, tell Toad I said hi. I love it. That makes me happy. Well, I I sent photos today to... uh, you know, like Nate Smith, Matt Stell, uh, Dylan Schneider, Michael Ray, you know, and like all of them are always like, man, tell Toad I said what's up and we miss him. You know, it's like. It's- I was just, it's funny. Nate, I talked to you not too long ago, a couple weeks ago. We were texting back and forth. Dylan, I love that fucking kid, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> uh, fact for you. Uh, you can ask him the first person to buy him a beer at 21 years old. Yours truly. Really? He played his birthday here. Yeah. Uh, Mike Ray, I was just with him two Mondays ago. I love, see, he's got a new tour manager. I don't uh, know if you know Drew. Oh, uh, yeah. I uh, I know Drew. Drew, you know I know Drew, oh, right? Oh, you do know Drew. That's how I met Drew. Drew was our was production manager. <laughs> I met you with Drew, and then he came back with. Drew literally lives at my house. Does he? Yeah. <laughs> so Drew has this shirt. 
Yeah. But he has the original. I don't make it like this is the one I'm selling. The one he has has this logo. Yeah. On the front here and this on the back. So he, my one of, I met his girl. They were just here. Uh, Kelsey. Ke- Kelsey. Mm-hmm. I couldn't remember. I knew we came with a K. I love that fucking dude. He's he's always treated me like. Like I, I like like family, and I think yeah. that you find this core group of people. I love to say this about Nashville. Uh, it's different than any other genre uh, of of music in place. You can totally. go to L.A. and they're just like yeah, middle fingers all day yeah. long. You go to Nashville and you get this core group. Everybody's cool as shit. You know, I think that's that's the neatest thing in the world. I meet artists from other artists that have played here that introduced me to other artists that I should check out. Scotty MacBan just moved to Nashville, introduced me to Royal Lynn. Mm-hmm. And I brought Royal out here, and now she's coming back again for her second show. Yeah. And I love what she's doing. I just introduced her to a drummer friend of mine, and he's playing with her tomorrow night outside nice. the Opry. Like, this is what this is supposed to be about. Yeah, like, just be cool, dude. Yeah. You know, like, don't be an asshole. And, like, just hang out, have some drinks with everybody. I mean, that to what you're saying, that's exactly why I tell people all the time, and I know so many people say this, but, like, a young artist or, like, somebody that wants to be a songwriter, like, moves to town, like, man, what should I do? Like, go to the bar every day. Yeah. Just be cool. Just be cool. <laughs> you know? That's all you... You know, in Nashville, I think it's like that because all y'all, that's what you do. You got yeah. That's your network. Yeah. It's like, I was telling the story with uh, Rachel with you. Is this... You just go sit inside Losers, not necessarily Losers, but maybe the Red Door, sit sure. out on the patio. You're going to run into 10 people that... Yeah. Have something to do that have walked through Stony Stores, anything like well, that. Well, dude, look what look what uh look what Ward's built with Whiskey Jam. Absolutely. Like has never paid an artist a fucking cent. Yeah. And like puts on some of the biggest shows in town simply because he's cool as shit and people want to like make him happy. You know what I mean? And just like as a friend, like, dude, you've all you put me on when I was nobody. Same 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 shit with you. Yeah. Like you come in, like you pay these artists probably more than we deserve at certain times in our careers to come out and play here because you believe in their future. Yep. Right? Same shit with Ward. When Ward was putting on shows and there was a few hundred people in the crowd and which is more than a lot of people have ever played to, he's like, Hell yeah man, come play. Yeah. So when those dudes are playing arenas they still come back and play. Absolutely. And it's cool as shit, you know? That's, you kind of got the same thing going on here, yeah, you know? Yeah, that's that's the goal. Ward and I talked about, before he went on the road with that stuff, about how to... I was talking to Michael down at Moonshine, and we were trying to put together this thing, but I just... The traveling... Moonshine Flats? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So the the the, the, the traveling part is what's expensive. Oh, I mean, dude, it's neat yeah. because Nashville, they... Ward built something fucking amazing there. Mm-hmm. If if all y'all lived here, we'd probably have something very similar to that. Yeah. People told us to come to Nashville... <laughs> open up a place because the way we treat artists mm-hmm. that we would wipe every other place out there period and oh I, without not, a doubt not like what he does but just like venues that pay artists or anything like that so when you guys go play certain places and I'm just like well that wouldn't be the goal yeah by no means uh, I think when I came back and did music here my goal was is that you gotta pay an artist uh, I've had artists come through here that have a lot of money mm-hmm. that are new that said I'll play for free I won't let anybody play here for free. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just who I am. The end of the day is you guys hone your craft. Period. End of yeah. story. It's it's like my friends are plumbers. Whatever. I'm still gonna pay them. Somehow, some way, yeah. I'm still gonna pay them. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because everybody does that. But like the end of the day is as if everybody lived here. I think it would be similar to that. But I would want to pay them. You know? Right. Yeah. I I understand that too. But it's. Um yeah, Nashville's just freaking Nashville sometimes, man. You know. What's your favorite thing about Nashville? My favorite thing about Nashville, I can tell you what, okay, I'll tell you my favorite thing about Nashville. Every single day, it's, this this may sound like a little cliche, but when I first moved here, I felt it, and I still feel it today. Like, it feels like 
like dreams are in the air. You know, like it feels like where I come from is like a small, like farm town slash steel factory town, right? And nobody really ever does shit back there. I mean, don't get me wrong, like super good, hardworking people. I'm not knocking it at all. It's just like if you are a dreamer, it's like not really the place for you. Sure. Right? But, and I was kind of like always an outlier because of that. You know, like I felt, and even like my stepdad and shit, like amazing, amazing person. But like, it was always kind of hard on me when I decided that. To, that I wanted to play music, which rightfully so, that's no parent's dream that your son sure. wants to play music. Unless they made it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Unless they're exactly. Billy Joel. <laughs> but they're they're realistic about it, which in hindsight I completely understand. But then finally when I got to Nashville, you know, if, if back in Ohio, if I was like, they're like, what do you do, man? I'm like, oh, I play music. They're like, okay, like, what yeah. do you mean? Like, yeah. you know, and you moved to Nashville. So what are you going to do? <laughs> yeah. And in Nashville, they're like, what do you do? You're like, I play music. They're like, oh, sick, me too. Like, we should get together. And yeah. it's, it's just like, it's just one of those things where you, where as an artist or just as a creative, you just feel like you're at home because people understand you and it's valued differently in Nashville than it's valued elsewhere. You, um, when you were here before we sat here, uh, you guys asked me a question, totally caught me off guard. Mm -hmm. And I remember your response, but I just want to go back to this. I've used that probably six times since you were here with other artists. I stole it too, so it's all good. I just... I think the neatest part about it is, is like sometimes you come to an artist and you ask them that same question. And the question was, is if you could go back and listen to an album for the first time mm-hmm. and get that same experience you had the first time you listened to it, what would it be? I responded without, there was no pause. I knew it was, it was the cult, it's a love album. I know what, I know what it is, but I've asked other people and I've watched them sit. I've watched some people just respond like yeah. that. And you guys said something to me right after you are a fan of music because you, you, you fucking know, like oh, you, yeah. you, you know what that was. And I always tell myself the same story, and I tell other people this, is that my goal is to find you guys, give them that shot, do what I do with them in this market until they get to that level, yeah, and then go and start over again. But that's my constant circle with music, and I, I still listen to the Cult album. She Sells Sanctuary came on probably like two, three days ago, and I turn it up. My girl looks at me like I'm fucking crazy. I'm like, I don't even give a shit because I'm still a fucking fan. Yeah, dude, and like some music just like... It hits. Some music hits, man. Like, I have this uh, kind of, like, a ritual that I do. And, um, you know, like, I, I always knew that, like, I was musical. You know, like, I was kind of like a, like an athletic kid, like, playing football and baseball and all this stuff. Like, you know, just kind of, like, fitting in, doing my thing. And But my hidden talent was, like, music. You know what I mean? And um, But I never thought ever that this would come as far as it has like i when i got out of the army i was like man i i really want to do something for myself you know so i started playing music and every time like something major that happens in my career like you know i remember when i signed my first pub deal with sony you know i was like damn that's sony that's so cool it's a major like every time like something like that happens you know sign the deal whatever it is and then on the way home i just blast uh i'm gonna be somebody by travis tritt and cry my eyes out yeah you know, yeah. and it's like it just makes me like, hell yes, like that's why you know. Every every night uh, on my way home from a Friday night, I get out here about I don't know somewhere between eleven thirty twelve and one o'clock in the morning, mm-hmm. somewhere around there. Uh, I put music on, and it's always something that is just different, random, whatever. Sometimes it's bands like the Used, mm-hmm. Thursday, t- Taking Back Sunday. Sometimes it's some country stuff. Sometimes it's a black mill where I'm just literally like fucking zoned out in another yeah. world, but I'll post it. Thanks for helping me make it home. Like, and I'll yeah. use that as my story. And a lot of times the artists will reach back yeah. out and, and it, which is cool. I mean, at the end of the day, it's cool. I had fun. I sat in here with Kaylee Shore and you know who she is? 
Uh, I don't know. Um, she's in Nashville. She hangs out with uh, Honey County. Anyway, she went to her label, put this album together, and she asked. Uh, they asked her who she would like to produce the album, and she said Butch Walker. And you know who Butch Walker is? I don't. Get the fuck out of here. I might be living under a rock here. You're under a rock. Butch Walker, he's, uh, um, fuck, he writes for Pink. Like, he's... Butch is he an L.A. guy? Yeah. Marvelous 3. That's probably why. I just don't... I'm going to I'm gonna send you, and you're, uh, okay. hopefully you'll, you'll listen. But anyway, we had talked. She played two shows here during COVID. And one night, I heard her up on stage the first night talking about Butch Walker. So this, we sit down, we do our interview, and I brought up Butch Walker. Well, this whole thing, do the post... Tag Butch Walker. My fucker likes it, listens to it. I'm just yeah. like, this. he's an icon. I flew to Denver to see this dude in a, a, a tiny place that held 155 people, $15 tickets, sold out, and I got to see and experience him. I've seen him twice now. I think you'll love him uh, because you're a musician yeah. and you're a writer. He's just, to me, he's just probably one of the raddest dudes ever dude, when it comes some... to music, but he's still human. Yeah. Oh, yeah, dude. 100... Well, I think that's another thing that I've come to realize you know, after doing this, you know, for a while, like I have, because like I said, you know, I think everybody in this space like starts out as a fan, you know, like, yeah. you know, every famous musician or anything ever was like influenced by someone, you know? And, um, I think that one of the biggest things that I've learned was just like, everybody is human, you know, like, like, for example, like I remember, um, you know, years ago, like riding around in the car, uh, jamming, like, um, uh, the one that got away, Michael Ray. And shit like that. I just love those songs and stuff. And, you know, I had no idea who he was at the time. I was just like, dude, that's awesome, man. I bet that dude's got, like, the world at his fingertips. Like, great-looking dude. The songs are hits. Right. Like, all this stuff. You know, like, and then now he's, like, one of my best friends. And it's, like, the most genuine dude in the world. Like, he, like, if, if, if someone didn't tell you that Michael Ray sang, like, you would have no idea. Yeah. Like, he's just an idiot from Florida that I love. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like He is a goofy motherfucker. Oh, yeah, dude. He's so funny, but, like, such a good dude. Like, if I if I was somewhere and I hit up Michael and I was like, I can't tell you why, but I need you here on the next flight, he, he would cancel the show. You know, like, yeah. he's just that dude. And, and, and a lot of them are like that, you know? And there, there, there's some that aren't, but I think... I think I think most most of them are, which is why I think country music is such a close knit community, even with the fans too. Because it's like, dude, there's no difference. Yeah, you you might go work at the steel factory every day. I just happen to play music. Trust me, if I'd never learned how to play guitar, I'd be working at the steel factory. And your like, steel factory friend would do the same thing. hundred percent. He would, he would sh not show up for work to come help you. Yeah, yeah I mean, dude, no look difference. at Luke Combs for the longest for the longest time. Like, would fight like hell to keep his ticket price below twenty dollars or below, because. He didn't want anybody to have to like break the bank to come see his show, sure. you know. And like I, I just I respect that kind of stuff a lot. I feel like there's a lot of that stuff in country, you know. And uh, it's it is, dude. It's just a good community. Like I feel so accepted now in Nashville. It's crazy. Like everywhere I go, I know somebody, you know. Um, some artists have come through here uh, when we posted it and announced the show online. Same thing. 10, 15 artists come out. Fuck yeah. He's yeah. coming out there. Like, they're all, he's yeah. such a great dude. Do you know Jason Cross by any <laughs> You do, right? So I'm, I want to say he was one do of the dudes. I? Yeah, okay, you do. So I'm part of this golf thing with them. Yeah. We all play the PGA golf thing. I don't know if you're in that little group. Uh, I've heard about this, actually. Yeah, it is. I played with Clayton Shea. I've never met the dude. Matter of fact, Clayton was telling me about this yeah. at the bar. Yeah, okay. he's the one that told me about this. He was like, you ever play PGA? He was. I was like, yeah, like every now and again. He was like, oh, yeah, we play with Toad like all the time. And yeah. I was like, oh, really? I didn't yeah. know Toad was like a PGA video game dude. Uh, well, so here's what's funny. I bought the game, and I started playing Austin Burke. Yeah, yeah. I started whooping Austin Burke's ass. One day he doesn't play anymore. Mm -hmm. He's like, oh, I needed space. I need to get this. I'm like, you fucking asshole. Like, <laughs> yeah. come on, just let me let me have something. Like, at least you know you you can go sing for. 
for thousands of people. I can't do shit. Like, yeah. right? whatever, dude. So um, I was talking to Dean about it. Uh, Purificado. Yeah. Yeah, I love that dude. Yeah, I love that dude, too. Uh, we were just shooting the shit one day, and Dean sent me a text. He's like, hey, man, do you want to get in this group chat so th- when we all play? Someone just says whatever. So the other night, just just uh, Clayton and I were playing. Mm-hmm. He is... I never met him. I got to do a show with him. I got to get him out here for the end of the year. But Clayton? I told him, yeah. yeah. I said, here's the deal, bro. I said, uh, Dean and Dalton have to play with you or no deal. <laughs> yeah, 100%, so, yeah. dude. So I know Dalton's out on the road with Drew right now. So yep. it's, it's going to be tight. We'll have to figure out something to get him out here. But it's fun because I get to. Uh, I get to be a little bit different with them, you know, yeah. which is right. like Dean and I, because the first time I met Dean, he came out here with Austin mm-hmm. and I've been kind of buddies with him ever, ever since. And, you know, we talk shoes and then he, the Jason Cross show. I met Jason in North Carolina at a show I did out there with Dylan Carmichael. Mm-hmm. So like this, this whole full, full circle thing came around and then I, I sit on there and, uh, uh, I want to say, I haven't played golf with Jason yet. He's in the group, but he never fucking is around. I'm trying to think it was Clayton Dean, myself and some, somebody else that played one night. I forgot who it was, but we played two on two and, it's just a fun fucking game, and it's a great way to get guys to be guys without having to go out and get. Well, they're already stoned out of their fucking mind when they play. You play but, for the skins. Oh, uh, we play. We play. We've played two on two. Yeah, we've played stroke play, like that sort of thing. Like when Clayton and I were playing the other night, I told him, "I said, dude, I haven't played in a month." Yeah. He's like, seriously, I said, I think the last time we played was the last time I played. It's like whatever, dude. It's like riding a bike. If we play. I was just telling the story earlier. I was like. 11th hole plus five he's minus two next two holes are even at plus five mm-hmm. like he fell apart and then i go to plus four he's plus five he's like dude you're gonna win two holes left 17 i'm fucking in the sand eight shots getting out i went fuck oh, this yeah. game dude fuck this <laughs> my fatal flaw in video games is i always make like my, my creative character someone stupid oh and i love that yeah like i play mlb the show a okay. lot, and uh my creative player is kenny powers of course it's it fucking is awesome. kenny yeah. Fucking powers. <laughs> yeah my uh did, did I ever tell you? Did I ever tell you the story about uh, how I met Shay Mooney? No. Okay, so Shay Mooney from Dan and Shay. Like I, I never met him, right? And another way of networking, I guess you could say, in in Nashville on accident is playing Call of Duty, especially during COVID, right? So like, uh, you know, all your songwriter friends, artist friends, we would all play Call of Duty together. And one day, one of my buddies was like, "Hey, uh, jump in this party with uh, me and Shay," and I was like cool so i jump i jump in there and first of all i just want you to know my call of duty name this was right after they had that uh uh i spent ten thousand hours my call of duty name is literally justin bieber (laughs) so bro i was like i was like uh what's up dude you know and like first of all like i think it's hilarious like most famous people like make their name on a video game like something other than their name no it's just just shay movie like you know what i mean yeah and so you know, we were, we were playing Call of Duty together for, for months, you know, and super cool dude, you know, and but we still never met in person, right? Like, but you feel like you know him, a hundred percent. Yeah, I'm gonna do that with Clayton because I have I've played a couple times with him, and I'm just like, I feel like I know him, but like if he walked right up to me, I would be like, yeah. I don't know who you are. <laughs> so, bro, so one day I'm with some friends, and we're at uh, Aldine's rooftop on Broadway. And I see Shay sitting over there in like one of the booths, and there's you know like you walk up and say I'm Justin Bieber. So listen, <laughs> listen. So like you know whenever whenever like a famous artist something is like chilling at a bar like that, even if like they don't ask for it, they'll like post up some some security or something there. And I was like, oh cool, I need to go introduce myself. Finally, you know it's been months. So I go to walk over there, and the security guard's like, fuck no. And I was like, what do you mean? Like that's I know you don't believe it. That's my buddy, you know. And like. He starts like pushing me away, and I was like Shay, Shay, and he like looks over. I was like, 
it's Justin Bieber. Mm-hmm. And he was like, oh, fuck. He's like, come here, dude. <laughs> he's like, Let So I had to introduce myself to Shay Mooney for the first time That's Justin as Bieber. Justin Bieber. And it's, oh, man. It's just That's the greatest story ever. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it's fucking funny, you know. By the way, what a voice on that guy. Uh, talented individuals. Talented individuals. Like, dude, every time somebody's like, oh, you're a good singer, I'm like, mm, no. no, I'm not. Yeah, yeah, dude, like, <laughs> no, that's a good singer. Like, I have moments where I'm like, damn, that did sound okay. And then you hear Shay, like, on accident, and you're like, fuck you, dude. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, you have to work for it to where his, yeah, that, that, that happens. What's the rest of the year look for, like for? You're going to, I know you're dropping music. Yes. Um, how many, how many singles? Bro, so I know it seems ambitious, but I'm like committing myself to dropping music every four to six weeks. So you gave me two already. Mm. Um, do you have any others done in the can, ready to go? Or? Yeah, so I would say I probably have like um, six to eight songs that I think are like the ones. You right. know what I mean? And um, I'm in the process of recording those now because, you know, all the stuff I'm sending you is just like same day demos from the day we wrote it. Sure. And then so now I, I'm in the process of going in and actually recording them all and having them ready for release. And then after that, bro, I'm just going to tease on TikTok one starts to go, bam, set a release date, cool. And, and the day it comes out, f- freaking rinse and repeat, dude. Like, right. I just feel like that's the move right now. Like, I remember my booking agent, Chris Burris, over at CAA, awesome dude, and, like, just really cares about me genuinely, you know. Like he Burris. was, yeah. yeah, yeah, you know, he was, like, he was telling us one day, he was, like, man, like, we had a company-wide meeting one day, and the difference between artists that are dropping every four to six weeks right now versus artists that aren't is staggering really you know yeah oh he said it's like you just have to stay relevant yeah you know but it's like but especially like with with tiktok and stuff right now you like you have to keep momentum yeah you know it's like look at bailey like even right now like take bailey right now what he's huge but dude if he takes his foot off the gas it's a different story you know like you have to keep your foot on the gas i think you just have to keep feeding yeah, you got to feed the beast, man. And if people love it, like, why not? And I feel like I'm writing, you know, if I'm writing, like, let's just say, like, three or four days a week, I feel like I'm writing at least one song a week that I would be happy, like, putting out into the world. Beautiful. So why not, dude? Like, you know, it's kind of like the Russ approach, if you're familiar, like, Russ the rapper. Like, dude, he just, huge rapper, independent rapper, right? But, like, he drops a ton of music, like, very often, right? And like kind of his strategy is like, dude, sure, like, you know, let let's say let's say I drop a song today and it ups my monthly Spotify listeners by five hundred thousand because the song went viral on TikTok or something, right? And then let's say six weeks later I drop another song, didn't go viral, nothing like that. But some people still liked it. It added thirty thousand to my still monthly growth. still growth. Yeah. It's still growth and it's still catalog for people to you know, fans to dive into and to go through. It's like I, I think that's something that we were a little too precious about with After Midtown was dropping music, you know? Yeah. And I just don't want to make that mistake again because there's really no downside to it. Like, what, I drop a song tomorrow that's not yeah. as big as the last one? Like, who cares? There's always tomorrow. I think you the know? only issue you have with, with that is time and money. For sure. Well, it's so cheap now to to drop music. Yeah. You know, like, it, especially, like, if you have, like, a record deal or something to where it's, like, not costing you anything to record, dude, you really have no reason not to, you yeah. know? And I think... You know, like my producer Austin, like I've been with him for years, and romantically, 
<laughs> romantic. <laughs> been with him romantically for years. Shout out Austin Sean. But no, it's like, dude, as fast as Austin can crank him out, it's like as fast. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> You're welcome. You're yeah, welcome. As, <laughs> as fast as Austin can get them done is as fast <laughs> as I'll release them. Because, dude, nothing's worse than like, and I know like you try not to like read too much into like the comment sections and stuff as an artist, but bro, I hate teasing music. And then, like, having a comment section filled up, like, dude, when is this coming out? Yeah, that's like, the worst. Well, people will see it literally for the first time yesterday, and they'll be like, my God, are you ever going to release this? Like, yes, dude. So I'm just going to nip that shit in the butt and just start setting release dates and roll and roll and right. roll. And, like... Do the pre-save thing? Yeah, I guess so. You know, that's like... What everyone I, else is doing. Until, until I find, or just the world finds a better option, why not? I do think that, like, TikTok needs some competition. Like, it is sinking its teeth too deep. Yeah. In my opinion. Well, and you've got some places, some some states here. I think Montana's the first one. They're not allowed to like download it anymore. With a lot of the Oh suit. no shit. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, there's Bro. a Because the whole Chinese thing and all that kind of yeah. thing. I don't I got a TikTok a long time ago, um uh pre COVID. And I was gonna use it just to show when you guys show up. Just have yeah. someone follow me around, put put together these like day in the life shit. Yeah. yeah. Just the reels of life and a musician and who it is. People want to see that. They have no idea what this is or what you come through. Hundred percent. I just I never did it because I, I can't do it myself. That's for damn sure. It's a lot of work. Like it people is. don't realize how much work that shit it's is. It's a lot. It's like a dent in your day. You know? I joke, I've said this multiple times. Uh the most action I get on my TikTok is in my inbox, people asking me for my name. Because it's T O A D T O K. Toad Talk. Uh. Kind of a cool name, I guess, and for for what it is, but yeah. that's literally what I wanted to do with it was literally just show the ass end of what what this this life is. But I have some ideas coming around that I'm going to do some stuff with it and get it back off the ground. I haven't really don't think I did one thing with Austin Burke on there, mm. um, and everything else is just fun stuff. Like I think I have six videos, maybe seven, yeah. over the last four years. You just gotta find like what you want to do and like what works for you yeah. and like mix them together. Yeah, be fun, dude. This has been fun. Tell people how to find you online. Uh, yeah, you can find me on Instagram at the Rotundo. You can find me on TikTok at Rotundo, and you can find me on streaming platforms nowhere for like two more months. But just wait. Unless you're unless you're on Spotify oh, and you look up don't songs that are ten years old. Don't <laughs> yeah. do that, dude. Thanks again for the time. I love you, bro. Yes, you'll say I don't want you, but I don't want you to want nobody else. Say I need you, then I need some space to myself, yeah. It's me, it's not you, it's you, it's not me. She goes from crazy over me to crazy, and she still got some clothes laying on my floor. Some heels next to my door, where she make up her mind, cause it's killing me to sit here and wait. When she's all over the place Something's gonna kill But every time we do the same damn thing Something's gonna kill But every time we do the same